Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Man, if you give me a few minutes, I'll stay doing this the rest of the service, guys. Uh, so good to be here uh, this morning, just uh, be in the presence of God with all you guys. I don't know how many of you guys enjoy this Thanksgiving season. Thank you, worship team. You guys did amazing. I don't know how many of you guys enjoy this Thanksgiving season, but of all the different holidays that we have during the year, this is my favorite time of the year. It actually, I don't know what it is, you know, but uh, I, I think it has to do with a mindset of gratitude, you know, that, that God brings to me during this season. And we're just going to join that with the, the message series that we're in right now. And uh, for those of you guys that might be just uh, joining us or today's your first time or just watching online, today is part three of, of a series that we're doing. And it's a series on generosity. Every time, uh, every year, I try to take a month of the year to teach on generosity or stewardship or giving or how all that works, all right? And, uh, and generosity, just for you guys to know, is one of our core values here at Numa Church. We have 10 core values that we hold dear. And generosity is one of those. And I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. As I was preparing this message today, uh, I, I was thinking how generosity might be of all our 10 core values, the one that manifests God's character the most. And I want that. I want you to think about that for a second. Generosity of our 10 core values might be the one that demonstrate God's character the most. I want to let you know that our God is a generous God. I don't know how many of you guys know that. The Bible says that he makes the sun rise upon the good and the wicked every day. It doesn't matter if you do good things, if you do bad things, God is so generous. God is so generous. The Bible says that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. So that speaks about what? About God's generosity. And when you and I walk in generosity, what we're doing is that we're manifesting that aspect of God's nature to this world, to the people that, that, that we walk, that we walk around. So this series, we've titled it, Make It Count. Can you say that with me this morning? Make it count. What are we speaking about making it count? What, what are we speaking about? Making your life count. All right, that your life would matter, all right, for more than just the time and space that we're living, but that we would make our lives count for eternity, for the things that matter to God. And I want us to go to a scripture that is found in the book of Haggai. Okay, this is at the end of the Old Testament. It's a small book, all right? I think it's only two or three chapters in the book of Haggai. We're going to go to Haggai chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, all right? Everybody good in this room today? Yeah. Any of you guys ready to eat some turkey this week? Yeah. All right. I know it. I know it. And we're going to have leftover turkey on Friday and on Saturday. And maybe on Sunday after church, you'll still have a turkey sandwich, you know. My wife doesn't like turkey. I love turkey. You know, I'm a turkey guy. I'm a big gringo guy, even though I'm like with Cuban descendant, but I'm like real gringo, you know. But anyway, Haggai chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, it says this. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. 
You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. Do you know anybody like that? Anybody with teenagers at home? You know, that's that, that scripture's about teenagers right there. You know, they eat and they never have enough. Five minutes later, they're looking on the fridge. Is there anything to eat? I'm like, what? You know, it says here, you drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're never, you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. So when we look this at the scripture, what God is saying is consider your ways. Consider the way that you're walking. Consider the way that you're doing things. Because it looks that there might be some things that we're doing in our lives that are not producing the result that we would like to see. I don't know how many of you guys were getting close to that New Year's time, you know, and we make all the New Year's resolution, you know, and studies say that by February, you forgot all your New Year's resolution, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, you do work, you do all these things, but a lot of times, you know, if we look at the scripture in our language, you know, Okay, we've done so much and don't see any results. That's what the scripture is saying. We were never filled. We drink, but we're still thirsty. You dress yourself, but you still feel naked. It's so hard to make money. And I don't even know where it went. Have you ever said that? Like, man, your check comes in, your check goes out, and you're like, what in the world? Especially if you have those automatic withdrawals, things are paying themselves. And all of a sudden, you're left with like 50 bucks. And you're like... What happened? Where did it all go? I, I didn't see it. And that's what the Lord is speaking about here. What he's saying is sometimes your ways and my ways are really not working. So consider what you're doing because I don't want you to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. You're not going to get a different result if this is what you're doing all the time. That's what God is saying. So you need to consider your ways. You need to do things differently in order to get a different result. So how do we do that? Well, we're going to go to the passage that is the central passage for this series that we're doing right now. And it's found in 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 and 18. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 and 18. And look what it says here. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to, to share. So you might be reading this passage, and if you're just joining us, you'll be like, Pastor, can you read another passage? Because really, that's for rich people, you know, and man, you should see the struggle that I have, you know, to make it in the month. Well, I'm here to tell you, and I shared this a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to remind you that if you live in the United States of America, you are considered to be rich per average in this world, all right? And, and I gave a statistic that blew my mind when I actually studied it. All right, but in 2019, the median household in the United States between husband, wife, you know, it was an average of $63,000 that came into that household. 
$63,000. And some people might see that and be like, man, I make that and I, I can't even make it. Well, you know what's the median average around the world if you remove the United States from that stat? Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Okay, and this is crazy. $2,000 a year. $2,000 a year. So 63, 2,000. I think we could say that we're like on the top. You know, I think that even the homeless person here in the United States that might live under a bridge that goes to the Camilla's house and still gets food and churches go and provide for them, that person might be considered rich in some countries that are going through worse difficult things. This is a very somber thought, guys, what I'm sharing with you. But when the Bible says, remind the rich people, that's us. And I know it's a little bit uncomfortable, but remember that we have rich people problems. Remember that I spoke about that? Which are some of the rich people problems that we have? Remember that I spoke to you that we could stand inside of a closet and look at all the clothes that are staring back at us and say, what is it that we say? We have nothing Remember, the, why, why did the lady say that a little louder than the guys? <laughs> Ladies will look and say, I have nothing to wear. My wife said it for the, com- the women's conference. The funny thing is we have a women's conference every year. And every year she tells me the same thing. I have nothing to wear. I'm like, didn't you get something for the women's conference last? Anyways, that's another conversation. Rich people problems. I have another rich, uh, you know, rich people problem that I just heard on the radio this week, and it's so funny. People that want to get the new iPhone, iPhone 13, guess what? It's out of stock. You won't have it for Christmas. And people are freaking out because they want to get their new iPhone for Christmas. Your iPhone 12 doesn't work anymore. Now you need a 13. Let me tell you what that's called. Rich people problem. <laughs> I didn't know, Pastor. Well, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. One time, my wife and I traveled to Israel, and our bags, okay, were sent in the wrong direction. Okay, for six days, I was wearing the clothes that belongs to my brother-in-law called Santi. If you know Santi, he is two times less the size that I am. I wore his clothes for six days in the land of Israel. You don't want to look at the pictures from those first six days. I look like a donut, you know, like the Michelin man. And I was calling the airline every day, and then they told me, it's Shabbat, the airline doesn't work. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like, what? And now I look at that, and you know what that's called? Rich people problem. Because there's some people that have had the same clothes maybe for a whole year or more. So you, you see what I'm saying? I, I know it's a, it, you know, it's something that is sort of like uncomfortable, you know? But, but, but we have to wrap our mind around this because according to the Bible, you and I that live in America, we are rich. Look what 2 Corinthians 8 9 says. This is so cool. It says here, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, I mean, everything in heaven was created for him and through him, and he had angels serving him. He was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. What does that mean? He left the throne of heaven. He came here. He became like you and me. 
you know, for God, that's considered to be poor. You know, it's like, so that through his poverty, okay, listen to what it says, that you through his poverty might become rich. God enriched our lives when Jesus came here to earth, but he became poor so that you and I could become what, guys? So we could become rich. And I want to tell you something today. God doesn't only want you rich monetarily. I want you to understand this. All right? He, he, he wants you to be rich in your marriage. For example, the married couples here. He wants your marriage to be a, a rich marriage. You know that you're, you're living fullness of life in, in that marriage. He wants your kids to be rich. And your relationship with them. That is an enriching relationship. Your emotions. God wants your emotions to be rich. For you not to be broken and down and out all the time. He became poor that we may become rich in your ideas. You know, that we could have uh, uh, these ideas. So, why? Well, according to 1 Timothy that we read a second ago, the reason that he does all that is so that you and I could be generous with it. You can't give what you don't have. You can't go and speak to a marriage about having a solid marriage if your marriage is all broken. You understand? You need to be rich in that area in order to give something. You want to bless somebody, okay, monetarily, but you have four bucks in your bank account. You can't bless that person. You understand? So God enriches us so that we could be what, guys? Say with me. So we could be a blessing. And by the way, I want to make a, a, a point here. This is not the prosperity gospel that I'm speaking to you today. Because the prosperity gospel tells you to become rich, for yourself and for your own pleasure. And so that you can have a bigger house, a bigger car, and all these things and all that. That's not what I'm preaching. What I'm preaching here today is that God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. So that you and I could be a channel of God's blessing so that we can show His nature and His character to this broken world. Amen? Can we put our hands together for Him today? So the reality is that God blesses you and me with more than we need. So that we could be a blessing to others. Now what's the problem? Well the problem is. That rich people are not too good at being rich. You and I are not too good at it. According to the stat that I mentioned a while ago. About what we make here in this nation per year. It says the richer people get in this nation. The less they give. To charities and donations. Because what? Now you start depending on that and it's sort of your, 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 your heart goes after those riches. And, and if you look at 1 Timothy once again, 6, you know, 18, it says, command them to do good. The rich people of this world, command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous. And here's this great word and be willing to share, be willing to share. So, Daddy God speaks to us as children, I want you to share. How many parents in this room? Okay, how many of your kids said mine as their first word? It wasn't mom, it wasn't dad, it was mine. That's the first word they ever spoke. That's how we come, that's our nature, all right? Our nature is a selfish nature. So, how do you get a kid from saying mine is the first word to him being 30 or 40 or 50 and saying, okay, you know what, I want to think of somebody else and give them what I have? It's a process. That God works in our lives. Alright? I want you, you know, God wants us to be generous and be willing to share. Alright? 
and this is important what I'm going to say, okay? God doesn't mind you having stuff. What he minds is stuff having you. Two different things. All right? God doesn't mind you having some stuff around. No. The problem is when that stuff has you. You know, and, and, and that stuff is the one that, that, that controls you. You want to see somebody with an expensive car, Lamborghini, Ferrari, they park all the way in the back, in the back, in the back. Why? Because they don't want nobody parking next to them because they don't want nobody hitting their, their car, you know, with, with a, you know, with a door or something. So they have problems. They have issues that you and I don't have. You and I, man, we look for the closest parking to the mall and we just stick our car in there, you know? And if you have a car like mine, or like my car is big, man, I'll make space between two cars. You know, I try to push it in and push the others to the side. And I need to get in and get out, you know? Now, why are you saying this, Pastor? Because this is the best season to be reminded of this. This is the best season to be reminded of this. Before we get crazy, Christmas is coming. Black Friday's next week. Cyber Monday is coming. And before you go crazy getting more stuff, I want to tell you, please don't let that stuff have you. Come on, somebody. I didn't go to church to hear this. Well, you're in here already, so it's good that you hear it. <laughs> please be generous with what God has put in your hands. And I want to tell you something. God doesn't want you to be guilty. He wants you to be responsible. That's important. He doesn't want you to be guilty. God's not in this whole thing of guilt trips and stuff like that and, you know, sell everything you have, you know. Jesus told that to one person, which was that rich young man that the possessions had his heart and he said, hey, go sell everything you have. But you know what? He didn't tell that to Peter or to John or to the rest of the guys. It was to one guy. And we make a whole theology. Oh, God wants you to sell everything you have. No, 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 no. Wait a second. That's not what my Bible teaches. My Bible teaches he's enriched you, he's blessed you for your enjoyment. But hey, don't let that have your heart. I want you to be generous with others. Because he was rich, he became poor so that we may become rich. That's the example that he set us. You guys listening to what I'm telling you this morning? Making sense? All right. I believe here at Numa, and this is just my way of being, you know, the way that I think, that the best way, all right, to do this is to show you guys opportunities that are before you and allowing the Holy Spirit to show you what he wants you to do. Here at Numa, you're never going to see me get up and say, you know what, how many of you guys give a thousand dollars, thousand dollars, please, thousand dollars, you know, who's the first? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like crazy, man. It's like, you know what I prefer to do? I prefer to say, you know what, we're going to do this. And I want you to pray to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a big boy. <laughs> He'll show you what he wants you to do if you're sensitive and willing to obey. And I believe that everybody that has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior has a spirit of generosity inside of them because you have the spirit of God living inside of you. And if you're obedient to that spirit, you'll do what he tells you to do. Amen. That's the way it goes. So my job as a pastor, guys, is not to tell you what to do. That is God's job. My job is to say, hey, listen, there's some opportunities that are right in front of us that we could really make a difference if we go after this. So this morning, I want to share with you five opportunities, okay? Five opportunities, okay, of generosity that we have in front of us as we go into this Thanksgiving season, all right? You guys ready? Number one, all right? There's the opportunity of this Thanksgiving offering that we have coming up this week. 
On Wednesday night, we're going to be celebrating a Thanksgiving service in this place. And I'm so excited about that. This is one of the services that I most enjoy in the whole year. Because we come to do what? To give thanks for everything that God has done for us. And I want to tell you, if you're alive and kicking, oh, you have something to be grateful for. Especially in this COVID pandemic season, you know? You have something to be grateful for. If you have a job, you have something to be thankful for. You have food on your table, you have something to be thankful for. So, since we are grateful, we're going to be bringing this Thanksgiving offering that we do every year. You're part of NUMA, you've heard this. Every year we bring a Thanksgiving offering to the Lord. And why am I telling you this? I'm not collecting this today. Okay, this is going to be on Wednesday. Why am I telling you? Because I want everybody to participate. So I want you guys to pray and ask God if he wants you to be part of it. I want you to be part of it. I'm going to be part of it. But I want you to pray. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, how do I participate? It's a gratitude offering. Now, this year, at the beginning of the year, I presented to you guys, all right, this project or this initiative called Love for God's House. And and the offering that we picked up on Resurrection Sunday, together with this offering, is going to be destined towards those purposes. I want to let you know something that is amazing. God has been more than good during that initiative of Love for God's House. I don't know if you guys like the color of the walls. I don't know if you like the new carpet. I don't know if you like uh, the new seats. I don't know if you like the basketball court that is outside, all right? I don't know if you like, if you've come at night, now you see LED lights on the parking lot. We didn't have that. Okay, we had the ghost light. What's the ghost light? That's a light that just like flashes, you know, and like if it want to work, it works. No, no, no. You come at night and everything's lit up and nice. You guys, all right, have been more than generous to allow all these things to happen. And coming soon, say with me, coming soon. Coming soon, all right, to Numa near you. No, I'm kidding. Coming soon, in less than a month, you guys are going to have new bathrooms before the year ends, all right? Ladies and men's bathroom completely redone. This week I was out there buying toilets, you know, for the guys. Because I know my guys, we need some aiming help, you know? I was out there, I'm like, all right, we need something, you know, that can help the boys, you know? And the bathrooms are going to look so nice that some of you guys might want to do an overflow in the bathroom. That's how nice it's going to look. Because of your generosity, church, all right, things are happening. Things are happening. The kitchen is coming soon. Oh, praise God, the new kitchen is coming soon. All right? And what do you want to do next, Pastor? We want to get a Numa Cafe going out there in the, in the, in the, in the entrance area. You know, we want to get a place of, of gathering. We want to get the soccer field going back here as well next to the basketball court so we can have soccer and basketball, right? We want to put some acoustic panels in here so that it could sound a little better, all right? I know that the worship does great, and Daniel, Daniel is saying, oh yeah, Daniel is our sound guy back there, all right? We want to put some acoustic panels. We want to have better cameras because now we're transmitting. We've been transmitting, all right? Now we have more people connecting. That's another thing, you know what I'm saying? So we want to have new cameras. We need a few lights in here. So the Thanksgiving offering, guys, is going to be dedicated to the love for this house project so we could continue moving forward, all right? The second opportunity that we have in front of us is the Acts of Kindness cards. I don't know if... ¿Me pueden dar una tarjetita de esa de Acts of Kindness, la que estamos dando, de los actos de bondad? Alain, si me consigue la tarjetita que vamos a estar dando ahora al final. 
Somebody bring me one of those cards. All right. But these cards, this is not something new. This is actually something that we have during the year. All right. And it's these acts of kindness cards that you would carry around with you. And that when God prompts in your heart to be generous towards somebody, thank you, mamita. Un aplauso a mi asistente. Let me give her a hand clap right here. So this little card here says something extra to show you God loves you. Okay, we're gonna have a bunch out there in the back. All right, we're gonna have a bunch today in the in the in the information center for you guys to take. Now, this is a one-on-one thing. What do you mean by that, Pastor? What I mean is that you take these cards with you and that you would be generous as you go out into the community. And an example of that, guys, is that let's say you're in the drive-thru line, you know, at Wendy's or at Starbucks or whatever. You tell the guy at the teller, hey, I want to take care of the guy behind me. Just make sure you give him this card. And when the guy goes to get his stuff, say, hey, it's been paid for. By who? The guy was in front of you and he left you this card. You imagine the impact that that could cause? You know, being generous. You know, or this week, you decide to buy a box of donuts. Maybe not donuts, fruits, whatever, right? And take it to work with you, all right? And take it to the people and say, you know what? This is for you. And just drop five or six of these on top of the box just for the people. Hey, what what are you doing? Something extra to show you God loves you. Or if you're like a foodie, you know, and you go to restaurants, any foodies out there, you know, that you go to restaurants and stuff like that. Let's say the tip is like 15 bucks and you leave 30 or you leave 35. And together with your sign thing, you leave one of those cards. And the waiter's going to say, hey, you got it wrong. No, no, you know what? Something extra for you to know that God loves you. It's just you going into the community, me going into the community, and we're being the hands and feet of Jesus, guys. I I, want to challenge you guys in this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. You know what? Let's go out into this whole community and say, who are those people that are dropping these cards all over the place? Who are those guys? People that are manifesting the nature of God as they go. The generosity of God as they go. So that's, that's, uh, that's the second opportunity that we have in front of us. A third one. A third one. Okay, toy drive. Okay, starting next week, we're going to have a toy drive here. And you can bring toys. We're going to be collecting them outside. Who's that going for, Pastor? Well, actually, it's going to go to two places. One, all right, is to an organization called One More Child. One more child, what they do is that they work with children of women that have been abused physically by their husbands. And these children have been taken away from the dad. They're with the moms and they're going to spend Christmas season in a very difficult spot right now. It just got to me. And we're going to be able to collect toys for those kids that maybe even in the midst of the craziness that they're going through, say, you know what? There's some people that have been thinking about you and that they can have a Christmas toy or a few of them or whatever. So we're going to be doing that collection next week. And the other half of those toys are going to go to this apartment complex that I started visiting with my wife many years ago when Hadassah and David were babies in Homestead. And we actually started going out there as a church some years ago. And these are the children of migrant workers that are out in the fields. And these children, they live out there like if they were living in a third world country. It's crazy barefoot, running around, everything. And I've gone with toys of our kids. I said, we're going over there to bless those people. And we've done it as a church. We've gone out there to bless those people. We're going to collect toys to take to them. So that's another opportunity that is in front. And you might say, Pastor, I, I want to give to that. 
You could go ahead and do that. Pray about it. Pray about it. All right? I'm not going to force you. Just pray about it. The third opportunity that, I mean, the fourth one, all right? This is exciting, guys. The Orlando and Tampa campuses of NUMA that are being birthed right now. All right? I want you to know there's something that God is cooking. You can put your hands together for that. All right? There's some things that God is doing that is unbelievable, all right? And these are some of the things I've been praying for for a long time, and it's starting to take place. Today at 6 o'clock, we will be having a Thanksgiving dinner, okay, in Orlando. I catch a plane at 3.30 today with my wife to fly to Orlando. I'll be back tomorrow, okay? Orlando's not that far, all right? But we're going over there. You want to hear the news? We have over 75 confirmed people for tonight, all right? Can you can put your hands together for the Lord for that. Over 75 confirmed people. How did they confirm, Pastor? Because there's food, you know? So you say, hey, free food. You got people coming. You just got people coming, you know? There's going to be a bunch of young people out there. I know that for sure. It's like it goes out of the house and they smell it, you know? Um, Pastor Fernando's going to be my worship leader tonight. I'm so excited. All right, he lives over there. And I'm like, you know, you take this, man. You take this. I'm starting it. You take it. You know, it's like... And then last week we were in Tampa, and I didn't know what to expect in Tampa while my friend Ton and Veronica were preaching here. How many of you guys enjoyed Ton and Veronica last week? Our missionaries, they were amazing. Now, while they were here, Gabby and I were in Tampa, and we were surprised by 45 people that showed up for that brunch with love in Tampa. Out of those 45, we had three give their life to the Lord. Another person recommitted their life to the Lord. I had two families saying, Pastor, what needs to be done? We want to be part of this now. Can we start this week? I'm like, hey, give me a second, bro. We're just, you know, taking baby steps. There's some pictures. We got the pictures of Tampa back there? Yeah, can we just put them? Look at this. It was like in tables, because since we have breakfast, there's like that buffet. Don't get hungry on me, guys. Don't leave. I'm going to let you go like in 15 minutes. All right, look at this. It's a moment of, look at that handsome guy preaching over there, man. We took up Numa hats and little mugs and stuff like that. So, so it was, it was awesome. And, and why am I sharing this? Because maybe during the season, you want to give towards that. I, I want to let you know something is, is expensive. And, and we need to get new sound equipment for over there because I'm traveling back and forth with sound equipment from here. We need to get a projector. We need to get a couple of computers, one for Orlando and one for Tampa to project the songs and all that kind of stuff. You know, we already ordered a box of Bibles for one, a box of Bibles for the other one. But in the midst of all that, it's like this much, this much, and this much. I'm like, all right, all right. Let's just take a break. You know, <laughs> like, hold on a second. So if... If you're interested in that, and that's not all, guys. I have places in my heart for the city. I have a heart for Aventura. I want you to know that there's no, no, none Hispanic church like this in the area of Aventura. <clears throat> Key Biscayne is another area that I have in my heart. Cutler Bay is another area that I have in my heart. Homestead is another area that I have in my heart. So you know what, guys? Why, why do you want to do all this, Pastor? Why do, why do you want to do it? Because the greatest gift that we could give somebody, we could give them food. We could give them clothing. But the greatest gift that we could give somebody is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the greatest gift that we could give. And we need to share what God has given us, all right? We're responsible for the gospel. 
And the fifth opportunity that we have in front of us. All right. And this one's not this year. This is actually in January, but you can write this down. January 23rd, 2022. January 23rd. What, what is January 23rd? Well, we're going to start with 21 days of prayer on January 2. And we end our 21 days of prayer January 22nd. And during those 21 days of prayer, I'm going to give you the cards that I give you all the time. 10 people that I want God to bless. And you're going to start praying for those people during those 21 days. Actually, if you want to start now, you could go ahead and do it. But on January 23rd is the day that you're going to bring all the people that you've been praying for. You're going to invite them about a week before for them to come that day. And you know what we're going to do that day? Man, it's going to be, I am believing, it's going to be the greatest day of salvation and the greatest day of visits that we've had till the date of Numa Church. I really believe that. And it's going to be a collective effort that we're all going to put. So we could be generous towards that. That's another opportunity that we're going to have in front of us. So these are different initiatives. Now, I don't want you to be pressured to do any of it. And you're like, Pastor, uh, what do you mean? I I want you to understand something, guys. I I don't like churches and pastors that pressure their people onto doing things. My wife knows that's so contrary to the way that I'm wired. (laughs) Because I've seen so many weird things. I've seen so many people being manipulated and the emotions being manipulated, and you put, you know, five hungry kids here, and you're like, put a sad face, and they're all like, you know, and then, okay, let's give to these kids, and they're kids from the church, they're not even poor kids, you know, it's like, what in the world was that? And, 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 and you look at this, and I don't want to obligate anybody, I don't want to cause confusion to anybody, so, so how do we do this? Well, Second Corinthians 9, Six and seven, I'll tell you how. Second Corinthians nine, six and seven. It says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants, there's that word, generously, will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart. Can you say that word for me? Decide. Who decides? Each of you. Does the pastor decide for you? Each of you decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. What does the scripture tell me? That you make a decision how much you want to give and how you want to give. And the pastor, what he does is he presents the opportunities in front of you. And you say, okay, I'm going to pray. I don't want nobody feeling pressure. I don't want nobody here feeling manipulated. I I want to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that your giving and my giving should be well thought. My wife and I are going to sit this week before that Thanksgiving offering and look at our bank account and we're going to say, okay, babe, what do you think we should give to this offering? And you know what usually happens? That we both coincide on the number that we need to give. It's crazy. It's like the song that today we coincided so that we could sing today. The Holy Spirit guides us. 
So it's not showing up here on Wednesday and saying, oh my God, I forgot about the offering. Let me see what I have in my pocket. Let me just give. No, no, no. You decide, you think about it, you plan it. I'm going to sit down with my four kids this week and say, hey, you remember how blessed you've been for your birthdays? I mean, kids today are so blessed for their birthday. My kid Jeremy in two years of birthdays has over $500. I'm like, man, when I have birthdays, I would get a He-Man, you know? It's like... 500 bucks for two birthdays, you know, 2020 and 2021, and his mom is saving it for him. I'm going to say, Papi, Thanksgiving's rolling around. God's been a good God. Papi, what do you want to give to God? We practice this at home. And why am I telling you all these things? Because as your pastor, listen, I'm going to wrap this up. My responsibility is to train you to show you the opportunities and then let God work that out in your heart with whatever you want to do. You know what my prayer is? I'm going to tell you what my prayer is. This is my prayer. Lord, speak to them. That's it. That's easy because the Bible says that we're co-laborers with Christ. So I tell the Lord, Lord, you put in their heart. So write these three things down so you leave today. How do I decide? How do I decide? Well, If we could put this on the screen, the first is the relationship question. What do you mean, pastor? What's that relationship question? Who am I committed to relationally? What I want you to ask, are you committed to Numa Church relationally? Are you committed to us as your pastors? Are you committed to the people here? Because you need to decide, are you committed? Because the way that I give money, I need to be committed to those people relationally. I don't just give money to organizations and to people. No, it's people that I'm in relationship with. Why do you give to Hope Partners? Because I'm in relationship with Pastor Kirk. Why do I give to Surge? Because I'm in relationship with Pastor Larry. Why do you give to Numa? Because I'm in relationship with Numa. I got some testimony I want to give. It's not Thanksgiving Day, but I want to give you a testimony. Three weeks ago, my wife and I finally, after many, many, many years... We got out of debt. We have zero debt right now. After many years of working, zero debt. Three weeks ago, the student loan was paid off. Hallelujah. I graduated in 2001. I was still paying a student loan 20 years later. When I saw that account in zero, boy, you better believe that it was party time. The only debt that we have right now is the mortgage of our home. That's it. And our second home that we have in Homestead that we have, right? that's the only debt we have. You know what that means? More money to give and to be generous with. That's what we're putting together. I have some great news for you. Numa Church is debt free. This church, the only debt that it has is this mortgage. That's it. We have no other debt in this place. Why am I telling you this? Because all these projects that we're doing it, if we don't have the cash for it, we don't do it. I'm not going to get into debt for it. What I know is that I'm in relationship with these people. My heart is here, so I give here. So that's the first question. That's how I decide. Number two, this is a question that you need to ask, all right? The difference question. Will it make an eternal difference? Not every charity makes an eternal difference. Not every giving makes an eternal difference. I'm going to ask, I'm going to tell you like this, what you're giving to 
Is it going to show up in heaven? That's the way that I decide if I'm going to give or not. What I'm giving to, is it going to show up in heaven? Is it making a difference? Is this making a difference? Okay, and the third question that you're going to ask, this is how you decide, is the God question. And what is the God question, pastor? Is God speaking to me? That's the, the God question. Okay, so the first question, the relationship question, am I in relationship with these people? Okay, the second one, okay, is it going to show up in heaven? Is it going to make an eternal difference? And the last one is, what is God telling me to do? Today, I've shown you many incredible things that are happening and are taking place thanks to your generosity. You know what God's going to do? Because we've been faithful in the little, he'll put us in the much. What does that mean? He's going to open up more opportunities. You know what my prayer is? And I'll close with this. That Numa Church will be the most generous Hispanic church in the United States. That's a lofty goal. I want to see that happen. I want to see this being the most generous Hispanic church in the United States. You're part of this family. God wants you and me to be generous. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. And I want you to ask the simple question. We almost ask it every week. Just there with your eyes closed that you could ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me through this message? And now let the Holy Spirit take all the words that I spoke and bring them to you. Specifically to you, to your situation, to your area, to your heart. Holy Spirit, what are you telling me with this message? Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.